Welcome to the Kaleidoscope with Allison Keys. This is a podcast from CBS News, and I am your host. Every week, we discuss issues including race and gender. It's Black History Month, so we are introducing you to Ida B. Wells, an educator, journalist, businesswoman, suffragist, and civil rights pioneer. Wells was a founder of the NAACP. In Chicago, streets have been named after Wells, and she is featured in a mural with other suffragists. There's also a soaring tribute, the Light of Truth, Ida B. Wells National Monument, which stands in the Southside neighborhood where Wells lived. Wells's great-granddaughter, Michelle Duster, is an author and historian who just came out with a children's book, Ida B. Wells, Voice of Truth. She joins us and begins by telling us about Wells's work as an anti-lynching activist. That conversation after this short break. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? or the friends you find along the way. Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Well, Ida B. Wells used journalism as a form of activism. And what she did in her journalism was chronicle the realities regarding lynching. And so she took down names, dates, locations, and the basically excuses that were used to uh, justify lynching. Lynching is murder at the hands of a mob, extrajudicial killing. Um, outside of the law. And um, that was very rampant during her time. She was born in 1862 into slavery in Holly Springs, Mississippi. And she came of age during Reconstruction. And there was a backlash to the freedoms and um, opportunities that were available to formerly enslaved um, African Americans that people took advantage of during Reconstruction. Um, and so starting around the 1870s um, on through, one could argue today, um, <laughs> there was um, rage against Black progress. And one of the things that happened during her lifetime was lynching. And the excuse that was used in order to lynch mostly men was that they were violating white women. And she knew as a result of her investigation, which started after three of her friends were murdered, through her data journalism, she realized that that was an excuse that was being used to terrorize the African-American community and many times to um, get rid of leaders in the African-American community because many of the people who were lynched were um, business owners or landowners or um, uh, in other ways, leaders in the community. You were saying that she was also a suffragette. And I know that there is a mural in Chicago that she is part of, of both her and Jane Adams and other suffragettes. Tell me a little bit about the mural. 
I um, actually initiated the idea of having a mural created in Chicago when I saw some other projects that were taking place around the country that only focused on one or two people in the suffrage movement. And I felt that there was the it was a movement of thousands of women over you know almost a hundred years, and so I thought a mural would be able to feature multiple women um, and so I assembled a committee uh, raised the money we found the space, and um, that mural, uh, which is located right near Harrison and Wabash in downtown Chicago, features ten different Chicago area um, suffragists. Okay, so it it features 10 Chicago suffragettes, including Ms. Wells. Right, and and we were very clear about making it diverse, and so three of the women are African-American. So there weren't that many Black women in the, or the, the Black women were not highlighted in what many of us have been taught about the suffragette movement, right? But you do that both with the mural, and you also just came out with a kid's book about her. That is actually kind of lovely. Tell me a little bit about the book and how that came about. Well, the book is Ida B. Wells' Voice of Truth, and it was published on January 4th this this year, so just a few weeks ago. And it is a children's picture book, which tells the story of my great-grandmother, Ida B. Wells, um, in a way that young young children can learn and be inspired by her work as a suffragist and a journalist and a civil rights activist. And there is also a Barbie doll that has just come out, and it is selling out all over the place. Does it look like her? Uh-huh. It looks like her as much as it's possible to make a Barbie doll look like somebody. <laughs> um, it's not a sculpture. I, I mean, it, it seems like people expect the, the doll to be a lifelike sculpture, um, you know, but it's a doll. And um, so I was involved with the development of it. And as much as it was possible to make it look like her, um, it does. It's kind of cool, though, right? Yes. I mean, Mattel, you know, obviously has a very long history of creating toys for children. And they recently, um, you know, initiated this Inspiring Women series, which is a a series of dolls um, that honor African-American women leaders. And so the Ida B. Wells doll is the fifth in that series. So it's pretty young. Um, And, you know, the idea is to educate and inspire young girls. But what's interesting is that I think a whole lot of people are buying the doll for themselves as adults. (laughs) Um, I've had a lot of people, you know, tell me that they bought the doll and they're putting it right next to their computer or they're putting it on their bookshelf right next to, you know, where they work as a way to um, inspire them. So I wonder how many kids are actually going (laughs) to, going to be able to play with this doll. So let me ask you something. You are her great granddaughter and you have worked very hard to keep her name on the minds of people in Chicago in particular and in the nation. What inspires you the most about her? What inspires me the most about my great grandmother, Ida B. Wells, is how she ignored criticism. (laughs) Um, And I, I think 
today, when a lot of people think about her, they just sort of focus on her accomplishments without recognizing the level of criticism that she faced um, and the danger. I mean, she faced death threats um, and her printing press was destroyed. And, and a lot of people would have been intimidated by all of that. But she was so focused and determined to tell the truth about the realities of the violence that was taking place against the African-American community and seeking justice that she just kept going and just, I feel like she had laser beam focus on her purpose and her truth. Um, And I admire that willingness to just be who you are and what you can stand up for what you believe in. And the second thing is that she was a businesswoman. Um, And again, I think most people don't think of her that way. But she owned, she co-owned the newspaper, the Memphis Free Speech. And then she bought into um, the New York Age when she worked with T. Thomas Fortune in New York. And then when she got married to um, my my great-grandfather, Ferdinand Barnett, she actually became owner, or they transferred ownership of his newspaper to her. (laughs) Um, So (laughs) she was savvy, you know, when it came to business and business. Considering the time that she lived in, you know, in addition to obviously her gender, I mean, she was she was not playing when it came to having control over her own voice. And this is a message you think women today ought to be listening to as well. I mean, both girls and grown women. Absolutely. I mean, I think it takes a lot. Um, And I don't know where she got it from, but I think it takes a lot to believe enough in yourself, especially as women. Um, to ignore social norms and other people's expectations of being people pleasers and, you know, sort of um, making yourself smaller sometimes in order to make other people feel bigger, you know, and, and women are sort of socialized that way. And she was like, I don't care who who's upset or who's offended um, by what I'm doing. I'm doing me. And so I think that is very inspiring. Just really briefly, tell me a couple of the of the streets and monuments that are named after her in Chicago. Well, there's a major um, street in downtown Chicago named Ida B. Wells Drive, which was renamed um, in her honor. It used to be Congress Parkway. And that's a very significant street because it feeds into two interstates, um, I-94 and I-290. So... I honestly don't think it would be possible for her to have higher visibility (laughs) Um, because you see her name on so many different um, expressways and, you know, thoroughfares. And then there was an Ida B. Wells National Monument that uh, a committee that I worked on created on the land where the Ida B. Wells homes once stood. We were very purposeful about making the um, monument on that land because she lived about two and a half blocks away from that, from the location. And so you can imagine she actually walked on that land and lived her life, you know, there. Um, So one could think that her spirit is kind of still, you know, um, prominent in that space. That's Michelle Duster, author, historian, and great-granddaughter of Ida B. Wells. Thanks so much for joining us. Also, thanks to Ashley Armstrong for her production assistance. Like what you hear? Come back for more. And listen up. There will be new episodes of Kaleidoscope with Allison Keys every Friday, beginning this week. 
Follow the show wherever you get your podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm Allison Keys, CBS News. Hi, this is Jill Schlesinger, CBS News business analyst, certified financial planner, and host of the Money Watch podcast. This is the show where your money is not scary and it's not boring. It is a show that's all about you. It's your questions that make it possible for me to provide unconventional and entertaining insights on your money and maybe more importantly, on your life. I'm going to be your financial coach, someone who brings common sense and an insider's perspective on how to manage your money and your emotions. And I promise we are going to have a little bit of fun along the way. Have a question from retirement to career changes to college funding? Just send us an email at askjill at jillonmoney.com. Follow Money Watch wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen ad-free on the Amazon Music or Wondery app.